You're listening to Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. It is week two of our Summer of Love Month. Last week, Dr. Javier Amador schooled us on dating. And this week, we're talking enhancing your love life and spicing up those relationships. And since today is National Nude Day, we're hosting the show completely nude. No, we're not, but you can't see us, so we could lie to you if we wanted to. But it's hashtag no filter, and we don't lie. We keep it real. And here to help keep it real with me, um, he has been in every commercial from, like, <laughs> Olive Garden to, I think, what, Tide? It's been a good run. It's been a good run. Yeah, yeah there have yeah. been a lot. I see you on the TV all the time. He's also a stand-up comedian, actor, most recently known for his role in The Hungover Games. Yes, yeah. Please welcome... A, a cinema classic, by the way. <laughs> Please welcome my co-host this week, Ben Begley. Hello, everybody. Thanks for having me, Zach. I'm excited to be here and talk about uh, the summer of love. Summer of love. It's week two. So last week we did dating. This week we're going to do love and relationships. Next week we're doing... Um, um, I don't know what the topic is for next week. <laughs> We're going to figure it out. We have a guest and we have our co-host and it's going to be um, really awkward um, next week. <laughs> but And then our last week is going to be all about all about sex. All about sex, baby. And then our drink of the week this week is the Fresh Greyhound uh, with blue ice organic vodka, fresh grapefruit juice. Not that concentrated shit because we like to keep it fresh and some fresh, some fresh mint. It's all all very very light and refreshing. I notice it's a uh, gluten free American potato vodka yeah, as well. Yeah, it is. It is. I just feel it's healthier gluten-free. after drinking. You should. You I should. get my buzz you, on and I feel healthier. You it's pretty feel, good. You should feel very proud of yourself. Very proud of yourself. Thank you to Blue Ice and uh, thank you to Press Juicery for this uh, great fruit juice. And our guest today. Wendy Sturgar is a loveologist that writes and lectures on making love sustainable, a green philosophy of relationships, which teaches the importance of valuing the renewable resources of love and family. She's learned that physical intimacy is an important component of sustaining healthy, loving relationships through her own marriage of over 30 years. Wow, that's a long time. Wendy is also the founder of Good Clean Love. Please welcome Wendy. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Sounds like I wish I was in L.A. there with you, hanging out and drinking Greyhounds. I fresh know. Greyhounds. <laughs> fresh Greyhounds. Fresh Greyhounds. All fresh, gluten-free, organic, you know, to feel Sounds too to good feel to be good true, about. really. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's all the fun yeah. without the guilt. Uh-huh. We like to, we, you know. <laughs> all we the buzz without the guilt. Yes, I like that. there you go. There you go. That's how we, that's how we do so it. So that's so nice to be included in your summer of love. Thank you yes, so much. Yes, thank you for, for joining us. So for people that don't know about what Good Clean Love, I, I love gl- Good Clean Love. I have tried your uh, your personal lubricant, the the regular original one. I found it on a website mm-hmm. called truegoods.com. Um, and I, I, I like it. It smells good. It smells yummy and it, and it, it works. It does what it needs to do. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, um, Wendy, what, it, what inspired it, you to get to start? Start good, clean love. So I was trying to save my own sex life, Zach. You know, I Aren't we all? um yeah. So seriously, that and if there's ever a reason to make a business, you know, true entrepreneurs are really trying to solve real problems. And I'll tell you what, um, trying to save your sex life has got to be up there in the top one or two. Um, so yeah, I was married, like you said, for a really long time. And by the time I had started good, clean love, I was like into year. 17, I think. And, you know, I, I had all these kids. I had four kids and I 
I had almost given up on the idea that I would ever really have a great sex life. And so, you know, interestingly, we did kind of the reverse. Most couples kind of hook to hook up and they have such great sex and then they get married. And then in within seven years, you asked about a seven-year-ish later, you know, usually the sex life is all but dead. But here's a really good way to go about this is that if you get together and the sex life's not that good and you manage to solve all these other problems, your sex life gets better and better. So... Uh, so by the time we were in 17 years, I was dry all the time because I had all these babies and nursed them for way too long. And, um, and it was really painful. And then I was given really kind of over-the-counter sort of standard uh, petrochemical lubes. And I would have these terrible itching and burning reactions. And that happens to a lot of people. And so then a lot of times, sadly, they give up sex. And then not long after that, their relationship dies and they blame it on a million things. A lot of people blame it on sex, but it's usually other things that die first. And so I was really trying not to be a divorce statistic, like, because I had grown up in a divorce. And it, um, and it taught me a lot about how I did not want to live in my future. So I became devoted to trying to figure out how to make sex work. And by doing that, I actually made my marriage work. So, so what are, what are some of the the other products? So you have the personal lubricant. You have um, in studio. We have your good clean love, um, your love oil gift set. Um, yeah. So um, you know the products actually that product started the company was the love oils because oh. you know I started this company in my kitchen literally. You know, I was just trying to solve this problem and have good You're sex. You're mixing up lube in your so kitchen. <laughs> I was mixing up lube in my kitchen, and um, and I and you can't really make water-based products in a kitchen because you just can't get. You know, you need a lab for that because otherwise, water-based things will grow bacteria. So, so we were working with a lot of oil-based products to begin with, and the Origins Love Oil was one of the first products that we ever designed and made. And you know, so Love Oil is a different thing than lube. And we call that our aphrodisiac line because what I learned when I was doing this is that the most primary sense that turns on our arousal mechanism is actually our sense of smell. And really? all the greatest lovers through, through history knew this, like Cleopatra, Napoleon. I mean, there's all kinds of stories that, you know, smell, our sense of smell, not only tells us who is a good partner for us, that's why if you've ever met somebody who seems like the perfect person and they smell bad to you, you can't even imagine kissing that person. And that's a biological reality that keeps us from trying to procreate with somebody that we're not well matched for. I mean, in the end of the day, we're all mammals. And so our sense of smell actually keeps us from mating with the wrong people. Uh, but, and there's no fix for that. So if you're with somebody out there, listeners, and you don't like the way they smell, just end you, it. Should just, you should just, <laughs> just move, move on. on. Just Actually, don't, it's just the, don't it's do the it. One, it's the one issue that I that I have pretty much said, because, you know, I'm all about the sustainable love. Yeah. And interestingly, when women take breast, uh, breast uh, birth control, um, they their sense of smell changes. So sadly, really tragically, sometimes they come off birth control and they realize that they are not attracted, physically attracted, sensed attracted to their mate. And um, and that is a very sad situation. So, you know, so it's really best to, you know, uh, make a decision about who you're going to mate with when you're not on birth control. This is blowing life. my mind. I've never known <laughs> how close to dogs we are until, and like mammals and like, 
Well, yeah, no, so, he, we are that's animals. So, yeah, so, yeah, 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 you know, of course. I mean, we are animals. And yeah. actually, nowhere more so than our sexuality, right? Because yeah. if you're going to oh, yeah. have rockin', kick-ass sex, oh, maybe we can't curse on this show, sorry. No, you can totally but, curse. Fuck yeah, we can. It's, it's hashtag no filter. Uh, hashtag no so, filter, unless it's swear words. <laughs> so, you know, here's the thing. If you really want to have amazing sex, and who doesn't, you know, what you have to be able to do is let go and abandon your sense of reason. And, th- and so that is really the thing that separates from animal, uh, us from animals most. You know, and that is the reason that so many people can't find it, their way into really passionate, crazy sex because they're trying to think about it or they're anxious about it or they're thinking about how they look to their partner or they are afraid that they're not going to come or they're afraid that they won't get hard or they're afraid their penis isn't big enough or they're afraid that their breasts are too small or whatever. As soon as you're having those kinds of mental thoughts that humans have, you have pretty much cut off the pathway in your brain to orgasm. And so, so really the first thing that you have to do is just stop thinking and start feeling and sensing using your senses and and that's what animals do, right? That's how that's how yeah, we find our way into that's, great sex. That's so true. I yeah. mean, and uh, I know one thing that uh, my mother and I are going through with my brother Ethan, who has autism. He's now becoming a teenager, and it's kind mm-hmm. of interesting to see how he kind of just reacts to what his body wants. Whereas, like, I know when I was that age and I was feeling things, and I was kind of like, you know, there's a certain discretion. Whereas with him, he. You know, the, the discretion isn't yeah. there, and it's oh, getting seriously no filter. Oh right? no, I mean, no, 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 no! Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's yeah. the challenge mm-hmm. that we're having now is you know explaining boundaries and what's appropriate in public and what's not. And I don't mean to put him on blast, but he he doesn't care. Well, it's also interesting. <laughs> I think that uh, what else you're saying, Wendy? I think built in is um, sometimes a societal guilt or like our puritanical yes. roots. Like when I was growing mm-hmm. up. Man, when I was a teenager and I first discovered masturbation, every time I did that, I thought that if my parents were home late from work, they got in a car wreck because of me. Like I thought, <laughs> I thought I had <laughs> jerked my funny? parents into the grave. Like yeah. it just yeah, that's no, that's I mean, where it, it's this guilt that we have no, that's built well, in with our sexuality for some reason in our country. Well, you know, it's there's a million reasons, and actually, if you do any history of sex, it's really fascinating in kind of a terrifying way. But, you know, not that much, not much more than 100 years ago, when boys would get a hard-on or be aroused, doctors, they would be taken to the doctor for that, and they would, be, they would have this cinch belt with metal spikes oh, put on their penis oh so that they would, they would feel pain, right, when they like... would get turned on. But this was medical <sighs> treatment in this country. So it's like, so, so when you think, I, I actually really think about sex generationally and, and wow. that, that we're all part of this unconscious deep sex think. And, and that actually explains to me a lot of, you know, even if you didn't grow up in a family that taught you that masturbation was a bad thing. Although I just want to say that there are millions of couples that can't even say that word aloud to each other. Because it's a taboo so, thing. It's like, why do you need that if you yeah. have me? You know, that kind of thing. Well, I mean, partly it's that, but, you know, it's like, you know, our, we, we have so little sex education. Yeah. We have so little capacity to actually think about ourselves as sexual human beings. Yeah, well, I mean, and even so, sex education is more just like biology and it's, versus, and it's, you it's know. anti-STD it's and anti-pregnancy part. and biology exactly. and nothing yeah. about Put the Put a condom on it and, you know. Yeah. Nothing about the sensuality exactly. of it. Exactly. Yeah, no, I mean, exactly. Actually, there was one school in New Jersey that was doing real sex ed, and it was such a major deal that they put it on the cover of the New York Times 
magazine not too long ago because it was the only place that was happening in the whole country. It was a private school, of course. But, you know, um, yeah, we don't really, I think the, the subtitle of the article is, what if we wanted our children to experience pleasure? How would that be different? I always say, you know, when I talk about sex, and I talk about sex almost everywhere I go, you know, it's like if you could solve only one real problem in the world, and it was people's sexual health, you would solve all the other problems. Because pretty much after you eat, sleep, and drink, the next thing you are is sexual. And, um, you know, it's the first way we, that we identify ourselves, even as, as babies. You know, are you a boy or a girl? You know, um, and now the whole transgender thing and, and, you know, the ways that people are really starting to come to terms with what their gender identity means. You know, it's like such a, it's such a huge, essential, foundational part of what it is that makes you human. In fact, one of my friends who is transgender said to me before Caitlin he was Jenner. switching... Yeah, before he was switching, he was a dad of one of the kids on this soccer team I was coaching years ago. And he said, well, you know, even if I'm a woman, I'm still going to be the same person. And then years later said to me, actually, that other person seems like that was like my cousin or something. You know, so, so who we are as sexual beings just has so much to do with who we are as beings. And if we could just get over ourselves, yeah. um, we would be healthier in a million other ways. So make love, so. not war, is more true than uh, we ever yeah, imagined. Totally. <laughs> if totally. Kim Jong-un was just getting laid, maybe North Korea would well, be a happier I mean, place. And, I, you know, and that that's one country. But then when you yeah. think about, and I don't want to get too depressing because this is summer of love, but when I think <laughs> about this generational thing, you know, it's like when you think about 90 million women on this planet and more every day, are getting their clitorises cut yeah. off Ugh. to make them clean, quote unquote, yeah. for marriage, right? So that so that's like a country of women who are sexually impaired, right? And their mothers bring them to these people to do it. Yeah. You know, so it's like and 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 then if that hasn't happened to you, basically from the time you're just about hit puberty, you are covered from head to toe. Only the slits of your eyes are seen ever in the world. Your voice is silenced and because you're a woman and because you might turn somebody on. So it's like when you think about the numbers of people that that is happening to because they're sexual human beings, it's like no wonder that we are totally fucked on this planet. Yeah. Yeah. You so, know? Well, so, that's the problem. We're not getting fucked on this planet. Exactly. So that's why we're <laughs> fucked. Or, not or nearly enough. Are, we're not getting it good. <laughs> not in the right yeah. way. <laughs> but it, it is interesting that like I, I, I had... Um, I was always really afraid of sex growing up. I was, because I, I, I was raised by a mom who was a nurse, and mm -hmm. a lot of my stand-up, Zach will remember, a lot of it was based on that in the beginning, because my mom was a nurse, and the sex talk for me was kind of like, well, if you have sex, you're going to get her pregnant, and you'll get herpes. And then just like, everything was fear, 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 fear. I mean, I, I would need like a yeah. printout from their doctor saying they're clear <laughs> yeah. before I would sleep with anybody. Right. Which is why I have the sexual past of Mother Teresa, but it's it's still it's weird how like the post traumatic mm -hmm. stress of that kind of upbringing still shocks me. Every yeah. I'm married now, and it's still every once in a while I still feel like most of the time I can be pretty free, but every once in a while I still get in my head because mm -hmm. of all these years of just mm -hmm. like bullshit that was put into my head about it. And and like you said, there's, yeah, we have such a distorted idea. We put of so much sex. pressure on ourselves yeah. too. Like even when you're with somebody, I've been with my wife. We've been married a year now, but we've been together eight years, almost nine. Wow, that's a long. Yeah, time. it's crazy. Mm -hmm. But and but I know what you mean though. Where like 
uh, where the sex life after a while, you, sometimes you still put pressure on yourself and you're like, why, are you, why am I putting pressure on myself when I know and trust this woman more than anything? Mm-hmm. And, and on top of that, I feel like within our entertainment industry and things like that, that we're told, we're kind of taught like through sitcoms and stuff that once you're married, sex stops. And it's yeah, like a jokey, it ends. it's this weird <laughs> jokey subconscious thing that actually I think makes us all believe that eventually. Well, because so, it's you know, so well on that topic. That there's, also, oh. there's also a ton of literature and I just want to debunk all of this and tell you that it's bullshit. Because I've been married for 32 years, and actually, like I said, it wasn't like I had rocking, rip-roaring sex in the beginning. You know, at the beginning, it was just sort of, you know, the way a lot of people's sex lives are at the beginning. You know, the idea that you just start having sex and you know what you're doing is the most ridiculous thing in the world. Yeah. Okay? It's really complicated to have good sex. And when you never have any education, you're not that good at it. And even when it works, like in the early years when it would work, and we would actually orgasm together. It was like this, oh, my gosh, that was incredible. But we never, either of us, knew exactly how we did that or how we could do it again. Yeah, it's like right? trying to find so the then, unicorn. Where'd it so go? We Where'd the hit, unicorn go? We, <laughs> we would hit this one day where it was, like, amazing. And then we would have, like, 18 times where it was, like, fuck, no, not like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, and, I, and I was so irrational, and I would get so mad at him when he would oh. come too soon. And that's like really common too, right? I mean, that those are all seriously really common things because men learn how to last longer as they last longer. Yeah. You learn. It's something that you learn how to do, you know? And women learn how to open up and find the position that works for them as they open up and learn how to find that position. Yeah. It takes time. It takes practice, you know? And... um but we're not really kind to each other or to ourselves about it, and I wasn't either. But I just want to say, 32 years in, I have hour-long, unbelievably screaming orgasmic sessions with a man wow. that I have four kids with, and that, Hashtag you know, no I mean, filter. we do all the daily doldrum stuff, paying bills, managing money, you know, having careers, stress, you know, kids drinking at night, whatever. We do all that shit. And then we also have this really ridiculously, embarrassingly, like sometimes I have to cover my eyes kind of sap, you know? <laughs> so and, Wendy, and I want to say that that is possible to the world. Both of those things that can, can coexist. But what you were saying earlier is, you know, when we are ashamed of our own sexuality, the weird thing is, is that the people we're most ashamed of it with are the people we're supposed to love forever. And so how trust, are you yeah. ever going to like have that kind of sex life when you attach those two things together. Like men have said to me, oh, I can't do that. She's my wife. I can't do that with her. She's my wife. <laughs> Who are you going to do it with? Uh-huh. Right? Yes, exactly. So, Wendy, for couples that have been in a relationship for a while and maybe are in that stage where things have gotten a little stale, what advice do you have to them? You know, here's the thing. It's like the biggest advice that I would give to anybody about sex is that the fuel for passion is not in your genital area. It is in your brain. So the sexiest part of our body is our limbic brain. And that is where, co- conveniently, our olfactory is co-located. So this is what we were talking about earlier about sense, right? This is why Napoleon and Cleopatra had it down. So what you smell, if it's something that turns you on, actually goes from your nose into the limbic part of your brain, which is where memory, sexuality, and emotion is stored and operates. Okay, so if you get that part of your brain to turn on, 
then basically what you've done is turn on your arousal mechanism. And happily, excitedly, amazingly, spontaneously, it is also the gateway to our fantasy life. So many, everybody has a fantasy life, but many people can't look at it or admit it or work with it. But having fantasies, and this doesn't mean that you're necessarily fantasizing about some woman down the street or, you know, somebody on TV. I mean, for me, my fantasy life is more like, um, it's more like a walk through history, like where I'm having really weird, mostly inappropriate, socially inappropriate sex that I would never tell anybody about with this same man that I'm with now, but, you know, he was maybe a slave owner and I was his slave or oh, So whatever. you're, you're okay. into the role playing. No, but it's like I don't, we don't get dressed up and do that stuff. It's just that these weird thoughts come in my head. And when they first started <laughs> happening, I was like freaked out. Oh, I was like afraid. I was like, shit, did this happen to me in another life? Or, you know, or, you know, I mean, you know, here's the thing, rape and all of the really weird things that are sort of main topics of pornography, submission, domination, you know, this is why Fifty Shades of Grey sold a gazillion copies, Ugh. because everyone secretly has these fantasies of being overcome. Everyone wants to be made to orgasm, right? Because we don't want to take responsibility for our own orgasm. But where that whole lock and key sits is in your limbic brain. So if you start to have a relationship and scent is a great way to get that happening. That's why our love oils are so memorable for people who get to use them. Even though we're known for lube and we're a lube company because that's what people understand about sex, when people meet me and they get their scent and their love oil thing on, they get addicted because it's a, it's a pathway to that part of your brain. And uh, so anyway, so that's my best advice. <laughs> use fantasy for fuel. For All your right. passionate life. Ben, how Allow do you... yourself to imagine that your sex life could be different. And, you know, and, and, and have access to it. I love that it. space. I like it. Yeah. Ben, how do you keep your sex life going? Aren't you, you're newly married, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, You've been, been together for a long time. A long time, but we've been married for a year. Um, I think the thing where we find issues with sex is when it's just like we've been like, when it's more like... Um, not a task, but like we just jump into it. Like, all right, we thought about doing this right now. In, instead of seeding it throughout the day, like right. a little bit of uh, making out here and there, or teasing each other, or just showing some kind of sensuality throughout the day. How often do you guys have sex? How? Um, Jeez, I don't know. Wait, that's a personal question. Uh, <laughs> hashtag no filter. No filter. No hashtag. Ha no hashtag filter. it varies, but I, I would say. <laughs> But you know what? I want to say something about what's that. What's normal, Wendy? Thing. What's normal per here's, week? Here's, here's the thing. You know, actually, what's more important about what you were talking about is that here's what's tragically normal in this country, mm -hmm. that most people have sex for 7 to 14 minutes. Okay? For most women, that is when the oven is just starting to heat up. I feel so like that that's a good amount of time. It's not going to work for, uh, <laughs> for many, many people. And so, you know, or, you know, it's like there's internal orgasms, there's external orgasms, there's, there's just foreplay, right? We are like the country that has missed the lesson on foreplay. Now, are you, con you, know? are you, are you including in the hour foreplay, or are you saying an hour of yeah, full-on... Um, no, I'm talking about... Because it's but all sex, sex is... Yeah, 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 of course. I'm all, it's all I sex. can't have an hour you know? of sex. I'm kind of like... Like, I can do. I well, just, you could have an hour of sex if it was foreplay. Yeah. If it was like love oil. If it was body candy. Yeah, yeah. Oral sex. If it was, you know, a little tease of anal. If it was some toys. You can spice it up. 
You can do different stuff. And if your fantasy life is leading you, which it should be, uh-huh. you'd be surprised. It's different every time. I've been making love to the same guy for over 30 years, and it's never the same. So, Wendy, you, wow. I mean, we've talked a lot about relationships, but what about, so what advice? How often is normal? Yeah. How often is normal? You know, you know, so, you know, there's all these quizzes in the magazines, you know, and I think that there's an average of two, you know, if you're not doing it at least once a week, then you're not actually having sexual hygiene. That's what I say. That's a minimum to have a sexually hygienic relationship, which okay. mean that you, which means that you have been intimately, profoundly connected. So you know, what, about, what about what about someone like times a week, what about someone like me though that's single and not in a relationship? I mean, do I have to find a new partner to have that once a week, or what do you? Well, what no, advice you do you have to yourself. the young and single? Oh, well, you could have sex with yourself, and that actually is good sex. And actually, what it I is. I'm great. People, I'm great with well, myself. I well, mean, here's the thing. But there's a lot of people, especially women, who are afraid to touch themselves. And so the unfortunate thing about that is that if you're never willing to touch yourself, then you actually and you have an orgasmic experience, then you attribute that experience to your partner, and that gives them a whole lot of control. And so the more uh, that you yeah. become sexually literate, yeah. Well, the more you become sexually literate, literate with yourself which means that you know what feels good for you, then you're a much better sexual partner. Now, Wendy... So there's, there's no way you should feel bad about having sex with yourself that. So then... Just, It'll prepare you for the right partner. On the topic of... I, I don't feel bad about it. I feel very, very good. On the to- okay. I had a question about sex with yourself because there's a stigma sometimes in certain relationships where uh, a lot of uh, people that I've talked to and things like that where their significant other either doesn't think that they masturbate or is in denial that they do. And uh, specifically from a female perspective in relation, but then again, I'm talking to my guy friends, so I'm not getting the female perspective. But like, what do you think is normal amount of of masturbation to sex ratio? Okay, well, so so here's the thing. There's two things that I want to say. One is that the idea of normal is really a problem. Yeah. Because the first question that anybody asks when they go to a sex therapist uniformly is, is this normal? Or why are they not normal? And so because sex itself is such a, a like exceptional experience and it takes us out of our normative life, it's like the first doubt we have is that somehow what we want or feel what feels good to us or what we desire is somehow not normal. Or if somebody doesn't agree with us, that they maybe are not normal. So, so many people, I'm writing this book called Sex That Works, and the first chapter is called Getting Over Normal. So that is like, you know, that is where we get stuck. Some people get stuck for a whole lifetime there. So let's just sort of forego this idea that normal, right? You know, because really if you look back at any sex studies that's ever been done, and the biggest one is the Kinsey study that was done, that was funded by the Rockefeller Foundation, just by the way, the last time we actually felt normal about sex in this country in the 1940s. And what they found, and the reason they repressed that study, is that there is no normal that really people are doing all kinds of sex in all different kinds of ways, and it's not the missionary position, heterosexual, that makes us normal. And so they had to suppress that study, and nobody's ever funded a study like it since, tragically. But, so, getting back to your question, forget about the normal question, and let's also say this about masturbation. Masturbation is the most common sex act done on this planet. So I don't care what people say, almost everybody does it. 
everybody should do it. I mean, and that's the way to like explore yourself and see what you like and what you, you know, and what you want. Exactly. I think it's it's great for self. It's extremely common. And so, but the thing that I feel like you were getting at is like, is it okay for guys to masturbate? And how often can they masturbate if they're going to have sex with their wives? Right. And all of that kind of thing, you know? And so, I mean, there's one thing I want to say about that. A lot of couples, in fact, almost every long-term relationship at one point or another faces the discrepancy of desire. So one person wants it more than the other. One person asks more than the other. This is actually, sadly, a turning point in many people's relationships. And it's often where they have no skills or language to get beyond. So, you know, the thing is, is that masturbation can actually ease the tension. If the guy wants it way more than she wants it, then he can take care of himself and everybody should feel happy about that. So the, you, uh, the other, the only time I think it would it would impede things is if you uh, if it's taking away from your desire to have sex with your partner. If you if exactly, you could, and that does happen with yeah. pornography, yeah. right? So there are a lot of studies of guys who get kind of fixated and and really yeah. stuck on pornographic images, and then what happens is that it, because that stuff's playing in your limbic brain, right? Your memory, sexuality, and emotion, right, are all in that same place. So you're getting these repetitive images happening for you that you've watched over and over again, and then you can't respond to that physical body yeah. in, that's in your arms, and that is a real thing. And I think and that, the other thing. Yeah. Well, I, all I was going to say is I think that's a real danger for kids growing up now because when I was a kid, totally. I saw Playboys. That's it. I and yeah. it would take ten yeah. minutes for a nudie picture to load on the dial-up internet. Now it's like yeah. kids can <laughs> kids can watch you anal can do on it, their phone yeah. instantly on your you phone. Know. And while we're on yeah. the topic yeah. of porn, it, I want to play swipe left, swipe right with you guys, which is a segment <laughs> that we do, um, it, which is a play on Tinder. Um, and it, it basically swipe left is, is thumbs down and swipe right is thumbs up to to put it simply. And so I have a couple of topics that I want to go through with swipe each left of is you thumbs guys. Up, right? thumbs swipe up left is, is thumbs down. down. Swipe right okay. is thumbs up. So okay. Um, okay. So the first one I want I want to talk about while we're on the topic is porn. Swipe left or swipe right, Ben? Are you pro porn or or against porn? Swipe middle. <laughs> you have to pick yeah, left I or right. Wait, what are you going to say, Wendy? So, you know, it's like the thing is, is that I think porn is a really great education tool in some ways, but I think that porn can be completely overused and it is yeah. not a form of education. I say you know? swipe, so, I say swipe right in a, in a, in moderation. How's that? I, 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 I think I, I swipe, there. I think I swipe left to porn. I'm not, I'm not, surprisingly, I'm not into porn. Swipe. It doesn't do anything for me and it's a little too, it's a little too much. What about sex well, toys? Ben, sex swipe toys. Right. L- swipe right. Ben? Yeah. Uh, I, I'm not against it. just don't have a lot of experience with it. Not a ton of experience. Would you try more I, toys? Yeah, yeah. I'd be open to swipe right. You'd be open for yeah. a butt plug? Uh, <laughs> maybe not that far, but I'd be okay, open. Okay, so that's a big leap there, actually, in the sex toy world. <laughs> but but I'd know. be open to more, yeah. So, Wendy, what about open relationships and threesomes? Swipe left or right? You know, I hate to do this. I have to go swipe left because I think mostly it's I a agree. diversion from doing yeah. the work that you need to do in your relationship. Yeah, swipe left. It'd be would too, especially. You, would would like, you ever have a threesome, Ben? Uh, I mean, I feel like it'd be too much pressure. Yeah. I'd be so nervous the whole time. And I feel like I would there, be in my there's, head. There's always the chance awful. for like it to to go off on a tangent and go in a different. Especially direction. if it's somebody that you're in a long term relationship with. I guess if it was like somebody you're casually dating, but in a long term relationship, then there's all that weird built in stuff. Like, did you like mm-hmm. her more than me? It just it's just mm-hmm. a powder keg for awkwardness. So I swipe what? left. Okay, what about sex on the first date? 
left or right? I, I always swipe left because I would need a printout of their medical history. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would swipe left on that too. And that's because, um, you know, in order to have sex that you're going to want to remember, you have to build a container, yeah. which is the relationship, in order to like really trust each other and dive in. Like and that's that. why most people are, are, are like either medicate themselves or inebriate themselves to do it because it's too intimate when you don't have real connection with somebody. Yeah. And I've seen that happen over and over with my kids, actually. It's really damaging. You know, that's the other thing. You can damage your erotic self to such a degree that you don't even know how to access it. And that's what's scary to me about youngsters today. Yeah, that's tough. Well, thank you so much for calling in, Wendy. Thank you for all of your, your sexual insight. I know um, we're going to go home today. We have your Good Clean Love Love Is this mine? I get to keep this? Yeah, that one's yours. And Look Rena, at this. Rena, this one's yours. I have one for me. There's uh, the the Origins, the Caribbean Rose, and Indian Spice. I want to try Indian spicy. Spice. That sounds you Actually, you know what? You I love chicken tikka masala, so I'll probably like the hey, sex spice. Listen, play a game and just put the same oil on all three of you on your wrist. And then compare how you all smell, and you'll be totally Ooh. amazed at how differently you smell to each other. We're going to try that um, right and, now. And any, and any two people create a scent that's unique to them all over their body. And so that all that time, that's giving that information to that limbic brain to like open up and get you access to your fantasy life. So that's I a good like thing. it. So, Wendy, yeah. where, where can people learn more about Good Clean Love, and where can they learn more about so you? So just go to goodcleanlove.com, and I have a pretty rockin' blog at makinglovesustainable.com. You do. And, um, I, and I have this new book coming out, Zach. So it's called Sex That Works. Um, what's it called? Sex That Works. Um, something um, claiming your erotic life. As that's the subtitle. Ooh, claiming your like erotic it. life. I yeah. Like so actually, when so let's talk again. And I'll yes, absolutely. And when the book comes, like yeah. When the book comes point. out, you can definitely yeah. come back and, and and school us yeah. on sex. Cool. Cool. I could definitely use more schooling. <laughs> Thank you so much, Wendy, like, for calling. It was really in. fun. Thanks for having me, guys. I feel like Thank I'm the you. freshman of sex in this room right now. <laughs> okay. Take care. Thank Thanks, you, Wendy. Wendy. So Ben, you are Ben and and Rena. This one, this one's for you. Good, clean, love, love. Oil. I didn't know you I got guys, free stuff. Yeah, today. and you get some some free sustain condoms. I like these condoms. Um, sustain. They don't just make more. They make very responsible condoms, and they set out to make a difference. And they are doing a great job of it. They're using all natural, sustainable, harvest, fair trade latex condoms, and they source from the world's. Only for steward certified rubber plantation producing latex for condoms. And they give 10% of all their profits to support women's reproductive health initiatives in the United States. So they are good for you and good for people. And if anybody wants to try out these sustained condoms, um, they can use code TURNMEON at sustainedcondoms.com. Get $2 off and free shipping. Um, and go check out Good Clean Love. Check out these oils. And I love the the... What is it? The lubricant. I like it. Yeah. It smells good. It smells yummy. I really yeah. like it. I gotta, look at the, I gotta look this up. I, and, my mind has been opened. My yes. mind, and my erotic mind has been opened. And both products are all natural uh, and organic, and they're good for you and good for your partner. So please go check them out. And thank you, Wendy. Thank you, Ben. Of course. Ben, Thanks where can people me. find you? What's your Twitter handle? Uh, at Ben Begley Comedy. 
You can find me there. And uh, keep an eye out. I have a, a horror comedy that my wife and I wrote that's uh, hopefully getting distribution called The Funhouse Massacre. That's so hard, keep your right? Eye out. It's not a like horror, horror comedy. comedy not horror, like a yeah, not a horror comedy. <laughs> not a bunch of horrors uh, running around being funny. No, a horror comedy. Thank you guys for listening to Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. Um, please check out Sustain and check out Good Clean Love and check out Wendy's blog. She knows a lot about sex. Um, tune in next week. Hashtag no filter with Zach Peter. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes. Follow me at Just Plain Zach on all social media platforms. And tune in all month. This July, we are doing the summer, summer of, of love. love. Thank you guys for listening to Hashtag No Filter. We will be back next week. Bye. Bye.